It's like companies that lay off people, right? You have all this money, people making nine figures, and you're going to lay off a $30,000 a year person. And my clients in the past uh, go back to President Bush Sr., to Steve Jobs, um, Robin Williams, and a whole bunch of really, really good people at all different levels. I'm wondering, like, should CEOs and big companies even, should they even look at college degrees? Should I even be on the resume? Absolutely. All right, so we're here with Tony DeDante from Disruptive Execution Strategy. We are at Entrepreneur Organization's Nerve Event. Tony, what's up? Yeah, I uh, just happened to be walking through here, saw you, recognized the name, recognized what you do, and uh, figured I would just strike up a conversation and, uh, and see what you're up to. Yeah, when you started, like, what were you, so before we get into how the world is being disrupted now and how people are changing and staying the same, just, you got to name drop some of the companies that you've been working with. Yeah, so, um, yeah. And so, by the way, I'm not all about name dropping, but you got to, <laughs> I got to contextualize this a little bit because it's pretty impressive. So I've been a Fortune 100 executive uh, in human resources, marketing and manufacturing with Mattel Toys, Hewlett Packard, uh, Honeywell. Harley Davidson, and um, have been a brand zealot. I just love, I love brands, and I love building brands. Um, and I have an executive coaching and disruption, disruptive change business that I have now. And my clients in the past uh, go back to President Bush Sr., to Steve Jobs, um, Robin Williams, and a whole bunch of really, really good people at all different levels. Uh, one of the things that you that you had mentioned to me that I just loved, and correct me if I'm if I'm butchering this here, but you said different is better than better. Yeah. Is that so? Yeah. So my coach, um, the guy that I give a lot of credit to, Dave Breyer, uh, likes to talk about differentiation. He says you never want to be part of the red sea of sameness, and so I've sort of embodied that and um, sort of sort of said, okay, different is better than better. And so everything I do, even if it's being a contrarian a bit, to get the conversation going so we get to the meat of the conversation is what I do. And uh, sometimes that comes with a little risk, and some people don't like that sort of stuff, and, and that's okay. They, they got their... I mean, I was talking right. to Patrick about David about this a few a, couple, a few months ago, and I said, "Hey, you know, you're building out this media company, you're, this media empire. What's important?" He said, "Mark, you got to ruffle feathers, you got to go against the grain." And you know, I kind of contextualize that, and and what I try to do you know, with podcasters and media personalities is, "Hey, look at like what are all the commonly held beliefs? Yeah, and what can you attack? What's wrong with those commonly held beliefs? Because that's how you stand out." Yeah. So in the corporate world medium to large companies, there's all these systems and protocols. Most of them are outdated. But one thing that never seems to get old is that if you are the contrarian, if you are the person who challenges the status quo, there are a hundred other people that want the same. They don't want to be ruffled. They don't want to change. Uh, You need an event, a black swan event like COVID to come along that says you have to change. And that forces you to change. Do you think AI automation do you think that's a black swan event that's going to force change or is that going to happen slowly no i think it's going to force change but uh even recently i was speaking at a a large convention a couple thousand people and um there are a whole group of people that their jobs are going to be directly affected by ai but there are members of that group that are trying to 
sort of reduce the reality of that change to say, oh, don't worry, your job's going to be safe. You don't have to do anything other than what you're doing today. And I think they're setting people up for that pain. AI is going to come, and it is coming, and it's changing every day. And once it sort of finds its, its, uh, its mark, it's just going to roll over things. I think it's going to happen very quickly, too. It, yeah, sure. It's there. I mean, if you can write a book in, an, in a few minutes and, and just go through it and make sure it's right, uh, it's going to change pretty quickly. I was, it's funny you mentioned books. I was talking to a guy a few days ago. He, his business is writing books. He wrote 87 books in a month, self-published them on yeah. Amazon, making thousands of dollars passively. They're all pointed to one another. Yeah. Like, one of my bucket list items has always been to write a book, but now it's like, okay, I could write a book. Like, I could write a book while you're talking to this podcast. Yeah. It's so ridiculously easy. Right. And the, and the fact of the matter is the whole writing of book things, yeah, it gives you a little agency, but again, one in a thousand make money. Yeah. So if you go into it because you want to write as part of your passion, I get it, but it's certainly not something that you need. What you need is to be able to say, I did, I moved the ball from A to B to C to Z, and I did it this quickly, and this is how I did it. It strikes me that, you know, if you're a C-suite executive, that that brings on a lot of risk going against the grain. So, I mean, who's somebody that's done it right that you can think of? Someone that's gone against the grain, yeah. taken the risk, and well, actually won. I, I, go, I go right back to Steve Jobs. So, um, there wasn't a thing about Steve Jobs that was status quo. But he did have some things he didn't know what he didn't know, right? And so, when we taught him uh, the value of people, as opposed to just the value of programmers, mm -hmm. like people in general in a company, what they do, when we showed him the, how, a, how a company is a system, it's systemic, right? When he got that whole system thing, that completely changed the way he saw the world, and he built that into the culture of that company, and that continues to bring innovation after innovation after innovation. See, there, there is not a problem with psychological safety at Apple. People can speak their truth to power. And sure. that started way back then. And so that type of guy. Uh, and then you can just go, you can go to Elon Musk. I mean, he's not, gonna, he's not afraid to challenge the status quo. No. <laughs> and, and guess what? If you look at his bank account, it, it shows that he did something right. He did what he believed. And I think people who are true contrarians, they love the fact there are haters out there. That's actually good for them. Well, and I think, I think that... You know, I don't necessarily need everybody to like me, but I feel like at the end of the day, truth wins out. And even if I'm not necessarily liked, I will be respected. You know, okay, I, I let go of a team member. This is why you're consistently late. They might not like me, but they'll respect. Okay, you know, I, I respect yeah, they made that decision. Absolutely. I, I come from the school of thought, though, why can't everybody get an A? Right? Okay. Well, I, so if you think about there's a guy by the name of Ken Blanchard. Absolute legend in the in the in the training development world uh, with people, and uh, he taught Gary Ridge, who was the CEO of WD40, how to run a company based on getting everybody to get an A. So, and Ken did it cool. He he did it cool. He he was a teacher, and he would give his students the answers to the final on day one. Hmm. And the rest of the teachers would say, what are you doing? This isn't fit. And he did that, and he, he said, no, I'm going to teach to that answer. Everybody's getting an A. 
We're not going to use the bell curve and, and, you know, force rank people. Yeah. So he made people feel human. He said, man, I can help you. And then he customized his teaching. So Gary Ridge did that in the corporate world, and WD-40 is probably the most successful company in the world. You can't go anywhere without seeing the, the, his colors, right? It's definitely less cutthroat. I mean, I think it was the, the CEO of GE who would always Jack lay off. Jack Welch. He yeah. Was, he was somebody that I worked for. And he would yeah. lay off the bottom 10% of his workforce every I year. I had to do that. I was, I was in human resources, and I worked for his number two guy, Larry Bossidy. And I even at the Harvard Business School confronted both of them in front of all the people who write all the business books and said, force ranking is for the weak leaders of the world. Hmm. Why aren't we developing those people? So are you telling me that we went out and hired bad people? So what's broken? So if you tell me we went out purposely to hire bad people, something's fundamentally broken. It doesn't really create a great incentive structure. You'll do just enough to not... It's like companies that lay off people, right? You have all this money, people making nine figures, and you're going to lay off a $30,000 a year person, right? So it ruins their life. And then when the economy picks up or whatever happens, you want them to come back. Well, no, that doesn't how it works. When you break that trust in a, multi, in, a, in a second, there's no way I'm trusting you going forward. I may need your paycheck. I may need your benefits. But don't count on me to do anything outside of what my job is. And I probably won't go back to your company. Yeah. So now we're faced with this talent war where people are saying, I don't need your company anymore. I can go anywhere I want. I can work from home. Yeah. So that is, that's how that change is being driven now. There's a new demand on corporate leaders to say, we, for the first time ever, have had five generations in the workforce at the same time. And guess what? I want it one way. You want it another way. Your 18-year-old son wants it a different way. The 35-year-old wants it a different way. And leaders have to deliver differently. So if you don't generate new skills as a leader, you become irrelevant. Right. That's scary to people. Right. Well, especially now with, like we talked about, AI and automation and tech and these tech stacks and marketing. and the, so. But I want to stay on the the hiring of talent for a second sure. because historically the model was pretty simple go to go to a good high school get good grades go to a good university get good grades get hired white picket fence married kids you know sail off to the wild blue yonder but i gotta be honest with you i feel like the college university scam is over i think like people have caught on to it people are not interested in getting a hundred and fifty thousand dollar degree in something that is 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 irrelevant or doesn't matter or doesn't actually directly result in real life skills. So I'm wondering, like, should CEOs and big companies even, should they even look at college degrees? Should I even be on the no, resume? Absolutely, because if the curriculum changes to have much more on entrepreneurial side of it, how to become a successful entrepreneur, how to lead in a disruptive, if those are the courses you're teaching, and it's not an academic necessarily teaching, it's someone who's been in the trenches, teaching that, that absolutely go go to those colleges. Yeah. Right? But, but I mean like But I, this whole conference is entrepreneurs and small business owners, right? They want to bet on themselves. Sure. So they also need to bring their skill level up on things that are important. Managing people, not getting burned out because they're working sixteen or eighteen hours a day on this thing, right? So there's lots of paradigms that need to change. And this is a whole group of people. Uh, with a lot of energy, 
and they're going to have a lot of failure, and they got to know how to be resilient to her. They got to know when to, uh, you know, get, you know, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. They got they they need to know that, and you don't get that on your own. Well, I don't think you get that in in school. Like I have a university degree. I went to Florida Atlantic University. Enjoyed it. Good experience. No student debt. So I'm I'm happy about that. But like. You can't learn how to be an entrepreneur without like feeling the suck. It's like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just personally, when I was, you got to embrace the suck. You got to embrace yes. the suck. You so embrace this, the is, suck. this is my friend, Brent Gleason. He's a SEAL and, uh, and a great operator, great human being, great servant leader. But this is what it takes, embracing the suck. Right. And if you don't do that, you fail. In their world, they don't come back. In our world... We're not going to get customers, or we're not going to keep them very long. So there's really this, there's really this need for everybody in this conference, all 3,000 people, to figure out, here's where I am today. What skills do I need to be successful? Right. Only some of those are technical. Some of those are sales. But there's this whole people spectrum as you grow your business and try to scale it. Yeah. That what are you going to do when that happens? How do you run into that? You don't have a world-class HR person there helping you with employer relations. You don't have an executive coach. You need to develop those skills because that stuff is going to happen to you as you grow a business. I was talking to uh, Sid Mohasib. He's a university professor at USC. Um, and I was really curious about how he's using AI and chat GPT in his classroom because I don't, I don't know if we've all seen that viral video where the teacher's like, Completely freaked out, pissed off. Everyone's using ChatGPT. No class, no computers in the classroom. I think that's the wrong way to go. It's about the wrong it. way to go. It's the wrong way to go. Because, if that's the way universities go, like well, no, because now professors are having to become tech savvy. If you go, I have, I have uh, coach. I coach some professors at big schools, and I can tell you at the Harvard Business School, those professors, they are very tech savvy, and they have lots of support to help them get that way because. They can't demand that type of money, right? They can't demand those students to come in unless they're above them, unless they have a skill set that says, I need to learn from that guy, Yeah. right? So teachers that aren't, they become irrelevant, and people aren't going to school. Or and the students getting, that go out, they won't have the, the skills to be relevant. Plus, they get terrible ratings, and only for so long can you get terrible ratings, Yeah. Right? It's no different than a business. Only so long you can you know, tolerate so many people telling you, hey, you're... You know, if you're a restaurant, your food is terrible. There's only so much you can take of that. I mean, I feel like, you know, if I'm running a business, which I am, I would much rather hire someone that can say, hey, Mark, here, like, let's say I'm hiring someone that's doing marketing. I can, they can say, hey, these are the results that I have. These are the companies I've worked for. And I mean, I, I get that you have to, like, put in your hours. But frankly, I would rather hire a 22-year-old that had actually been working in the marketing business for four years Rather than someone said, hey, I got an A on my, my skills. I was running, I, like, I did this fake, I was doing these fake campaigns in school. I'd rather, I'd rather hire someone that was actually in the trenches for four years rather than someone that is just checking off boxes. And Again, I, 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 sort of, I sort of look at it this way. If I want to play small ball forever, right? If I want to play sandlot, I don't have to do much. But if I really want to be a good business person, I want to grow that business, either to continue growing it in selling it or scaling it, franchise, whatever you want to do, I have to develop new skills. Where I get those skills is our, our choice, right? You and I have a business. How do I improve? Like you can say, I know this. Tony, you can't teach me anything about this, but you can teach me how to deal with people. You can teach me that 
we can figure out your pain points, right? So when I run to this type of customer who comes up to you in the middle of your podcast and starts screaming about nothing to do with this, okay, how do I deal with that unemotionally? I can help with, you know, somebody like me can help with emotional intelligence, right? Each of us has a responsibility to say, here's where we're at and admit to ourselves, here's what we're lacking and we need it. Yeah. Right? And as long as you develop the attributes, not necessarily the skills, but the attributes of grit and courage and a willingness to change and, a, and a reassessing your values and your, 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 uh, you know, how you see the world and keeping that ahead of the curve of disruption, you're good. But the minute you fall behind, you're behind and somebody is going there. Right? I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think anybody can afford to be comfortable right now. I just, I just don't think we can. Whatever yeah. level you're at, and yeah, I, I agree with getting ahead, reading, poor people scroll, rich people read. Sorry, said it, but you're reading, you're at conferences, you're collaborating. Um, so you can't copy. If you're, if you're number one and you drop down, you don't want to copy number two that got ahead of you. You don't want to do that because that's only short-lived. You need to come up with something different is better than better, right? Yeah. You need to come up with something that's going to give you enough time to scale it and really put a vault around it. Like, you can't get in this. Yeah. Can't, it's the, that blue ocean strategy. It's that blue ocean strategy. Absolutely. And that takes innovative thinking and being risky. You know, being willing to say, I'm going to fail. Okay, but what the hell am I going to learn? I need to fail. So good. Yeah. Anyways, that, so that's my good. take on all this. Yeah, you're never going to lift 500, you know, you're never going to hit that personal best without failing. Failing is sometimes you win, yeah. sometimes you learn. That, that's the way I look at it. Tony, Tony yeah, Dante here on the After Hours Entrepreneur. Thanks for joining us here today, brother. Absolutely, buddy. Where Thank is the you. best place for us to find you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Go to my website, uh, Disruptive Execution Strategy. Uh, I work with a variety of clients. We have consultants all over the world working with people to help give them those skill sets that they know they need, but they've been afraid to go after. And guess what? I'll make it easy. I'll put links below. Thanks for subscribing. Yeah.